The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith and... My co-host is Ethan Broga. He's supposed to uh, say, when I say I'm Ken Smith, you say, I'm Ethan Broga. That's not how we normally do it. I know. I, I thought we could change it up. Well, you got to tell me beforehand. Oh, okay. I'm Ken Smith. And this is Ethan Broga. <laughs> Certified financial planners <laughs> and uh, principals in Seattle-based wealth management firm, Empirical Wealth Management. <clears throat> this show, Empirical Investing Radio, is sponsored by Empirical Wealth Management and designed to provide you, the listener, with thoughtful and prudent insights on how to better manage your investments, achieve your financial goals and objectives, and protect your assets. That sounds pretty good. So today, Ethan, on Empirical Investing Radio, we're going to talk uh, I know a little bit about what's going on in the world and uh, some of the, some of the uh, advice that I'm seeing prescribed here. We get our, our magazines that we've subscribed to to talk about on the show. You got a big Smart. stack of them here today. Yeah, I got stacks of them. Um, talk about a little article here in Smart Money on fixed income, and I thought we could share a little bit about how we're advising our clients and how we're managing uh, the fixed income side of our portfolio. I think it's an area that often gets confusing right? Um, because of low yields. It's all, also an area where people tend to, at least currently, not get a lot of advice. Um, on that area, but it's probably one of the more critical components in a, in a well-balanced portfolio, so it's important to get it right. No doubt. Before we dive into all that, Ethan, do you want to give out our contact information and talk a little bit about what we're doing to help indiv- individual investors and, and advisors out there in the in the world, in a world of chaos? All right, that sounds fine. <laughs> sounds fine. Um, as always, let me give out the contact information first. Uh, you can reach us at contact at empiradio.com. Dot com or here at the office at 800-923-4307. And as we've mentioned previously on the show, if you're an individual investor looking for some financial guidance, we would love to, to get together and talk things over with you. We'd happily do a uh, free portfolio analysis, in, which includes some uh, an analysis of your current situation, um, recommendations for some improvements, changes, and also 
working into a financial plan and tax review. So if you need some help, we'd love to talk with you. Again, the number is 800-923-4307. And if you're a professional um, out there who is perhaps working in the industry, working with clients currently, but would like to make a change, um, we'd love to hear from you as well. As in the past, we've, well, we've mentioned numerous times, we've developed a pretty good process at Empirical Wealth Management, um, a process in which we, we help and serve clients very well. And we'd love to hear from you and, and partner up with you as well. Again, the number, 800-923-4307. Give us a call. Send us an email. And um, we'd be happy to talk with you. Ethan, uh, the the market, the bear market. Wow. The bear has That's a ferocious bear. Uh, there's a lot of chaos in the <laughs> It is a ferocious bear. Well, startling. Um, we've seen a pretty significant decline in equities from the recent peak here yep, yep. in the last few days, uh, thus the, uh, the growling bear. And um, there's there's definitely a lot of chaos in the world. You've got oil spiking up above a hundred dollars a uh, a barrel. Yep. I think that's a high, uh, one of the more recent highs since two thousand eight. Um, Sounds right. So that uh, a lot of chaos. Your man Muammar Gaddafi um, being protested. Who knows what's going to happen there? The guy is uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean. Just the stuff he says. He's a goofball. Yeah, that's right. I said it here first. He's a goofball. Yeah, he's a goofball. He's a very odd person. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's amazing what's happening over there, though. You were expressing some frustration about the fact that we're so energy dependent on these countries, of which many are not democratic societies. Yeah, at all. Um, several of which don't really care for your lavish American lifestyle, Ethan. To your Camry yeah, or, and your yeah, right, Camry. Luxury it, by the way, it's a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> That's my way of protesting. <laughs> um, you know, lavish. Talk about lavish. I mean, Gaddafi is pretty lavish lifestyle, right? Billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. Sucked out of the economy from his country. and you know. A real dirt ball, huh? Uh, basically. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, I you know, it's it's interesting when you, because we just had this in Egypt, right? And then there was Tanzania. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to watch because there's always, um, it, it's not... Uh, in any way, it's not a given that these will become freely democratic and um, right. You're right. Uh, market societies. That I mean, it's exciting to think about the opportunities of that. Exactly. Um, and what will happen in Iraq or Afghanistan? But um, you, these things, these these are these are countries that, for for in Egypt's case, right, thousands of years have been ruled mm -hmm. by a dictator or king. Kind of a scenario. So, and then you've got a lot of different factions within these countries. So it is, you see the market reacting to these things because it is certainly uh, is a a very unstable situation. Right. And is to the extent that we are dependent on foreign energy sources of energy, and in a global marketplace, uh, we have countries like Japan. They import, I think, a hundred percent of their their oil, um, right, and energy. So. I think China does actually does almost all of theirs, but if they continue to grow, they're going to have a hard time. They're they, they're going to be more dependent on uh, the other Middle Eastern countries. No to, doubt, yeah, to provide them with the source of energy. So, hopefully, we will come up with alternatives. And I, I think that's an interesting thing about markets how they've evolved. And uh, a lot of times, you can you can look at a tough situation from two perspectives. 
know, the, the idea of, uh, you hear about the symbol of what the Chinese symbols for, for uh, opportunity or a combination of danger and crisis, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But um, that we've, we, when there are free markets, there is this incredible, incredible ingenuity um, that somehow we figure out how to solve these issues, um, whether it's getting more production out of a crop per square acre than we ever did historically, mm-hmm. um, right? There was a time where it was like, how will we feed everyone? Right. Um, or better ways of, of cleaning and making water more efficient. And, uh, I think we will find a solution to this, this oil situation. Yeah, I'm confident, too. I, I don't know, actually, obviously, when it will occur, but as long as there's sufficient um, you know, motivation for innovation to occur, uh, I think it's likely that something will work out at some point in time. I just don't know when. Well, Ethan, let's, uh, you know, along those lines, um, oil being up, one of the things we, we do have uh, in our client portfolios are uh, some exposure to diversified index of commodities. Right. Um, we currently use a, a, an ETN or exchange-traded note. Right. And uh, it's 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 clearly doing quite well at this point. Um, I think in the last five days it's up about 5% going along with a spike in energy. Right. And that's occurring at a time where the stock market is, uh, has gone down. So um, that's a, been a reasonably good diversifier from an entirely stock portfolio. Yeah, right, which is primarily why we own it, right? I mean, right. it isn't so much that it has a, a higher expected return than your typical e- classification of equities, but... It does have a, a, the unique properties of having these types of event, event risk, as we've talked about in the past, that these tend to zig while the other stocks are, or equities are zagging, as it were. And in the last month, I know gold is, is doing reasonably well, but uh, the commodities index has done su- substantially better. I think the, uh, the, the GSP, that's the um, mm-hmm. gold, it, it's a, an ETN by uh, IPATH, uh, tracks the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index. Um, just looking at the share price here, looks like in the last month, uh, last let's see what I got up here. Three months, it's up almost twenty percent. Um, gold's up about two and a half percent during that time period. Uh, we often recommend that you don't isolate any one commodity, but if you're going to have commodity exposure as a portfolio diversifier, that use something that's got a diversified basket. Right. Our preference is that 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 basket is in in a more structured asset class vehicle, which means that there's a methodology around the weighting other than some uh, some portfolio manager randomly picking commodities that they think will do better or worse, likely to get stung and burnt pretty bad on a situation like that. So we don't recommend it. Right. Well, Ethan, let's, uh, what, what, what kind of time we got here? We have three minutes. We could start this discussion. Okay. Oh, I was just... Uh, before we do, do you have any other comments on current events, stock market, the stock market decline, or any of that kind of jazz, Ethan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I laughed because I wanted to say uh, that. No, no, I don't. Um, no further comment. One of my uh, favorite skits on the SNL was the uh, the Bee Gees skit when they got the the Bee Gees up there doing <laughs> that, that TV talk show. Uh, it's That's right. the Barry Gibb show, and then yeah. you, have, you have Robin, Barry's little brother, who doesn't speak much or talk much. <laughs> he's, he's on the whole show. He looks at you funny and just says, no, no, I don't. 
it's a pretty good little funny skit. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend you check it out. You sh- you showed it to me. It's, <laughs> it's fun. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't think I have anything extra on this this particular topic. Okay. Well, so we we've been recently doing presentations uh, um, geared around managing risk and um, how do you do that? Um, build portfolios that historically have gotten stock market like returns. If we define it just U.S. stock market type returns, it at a significantly less volatility. Mm-hmm. And the way we're doing that for our clients is we're taking the stock market, and rather than investing st- strictly in the United States, we're dividing up on a global basis into U.S., developed international, emerging markets. And then we're subdividing those areas of the market further into large companies, small companies, mm-hmm. growth and value, which research has shown are more meaningful ways of dividing up stock markets. Right, relative to your, your typical uh, sector type of uh, breakup, you know, right. you get financials or energy or so forth and so on. Those don't really differentiate between the different risk characteristics and return characteristics um, properly. That's right. So we, we look at it through that lens and we say, well, traditionally, or historically speaking, and empirically uh, based research shows that small companies have generated higher, tend to generate higher returns. We talked about that in recent shows, some research done by Fahman French and many others, Rolf Bonds, a bunch of yeah. academic literature that shows that. And then you see that value companies, um, on average, have outperformed larger, or I'm sorry, growth style companies. Right. Um, so we got to take a quick break, though. We'll reiterate this point and then we'll get into kind of how we're doing these managing the volatility and how currently in low in, in, in low interest rate environment, how we're managing the risk on the bond side of the portfolio. We'll be right back, Ethan. Sounds good. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. 
autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, and we're back. Thanks for joining us today. Um, just before the break here, Ken and I were just uh, about to engage in a discussion about our uh, fixed income discussion and how we build uh, or incorporate fixed income to our, our, our client portfolios. Um, Ken, do you want to lead us into that part of our discussion here? You better believe it, Ethan. Uh, I, <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> we're going to uh, – so what we're talking about here is we're going to get to talking about managing your bonds and uh, – what not to do, and um, I was, you know, kind of thought that we should reiterate this. Just saw I uh, got the January issue of Smart Money uh, magazine here, um, and and they have a prescription for bonds, and we're going to go point by point through theirs. And our advice, which is based in some very uh, well academic, league sound and grounded research is to do almost exactly the opposite of what mo- most of you see these analyst opinions are. <laughs> um, I don't know why that, that's happening, but um, I, I think hopefully we'll be able to differentiate. And, and I do realize, I mean, one of the reasons we subscribed to these magazines was to see what what is being put out there for the average person to read on right. how to manage their money. And uh, we've talked about usually how they pick the, the funds that did really well recently and put those on our top their top list or they get a couple of analysts together to say what's going to do well in 2011 and mm-hmm. I think in this issue it talks about stocks or yeah yeah where to invest uh, an inside look at the year's best stocks and then everyone gives their ideas about it um, just a horrible horrible way of investing your money <laughs> um, yeah if your objective is to actually yeah. make money then I agree right. usually, usually those things don't work out too well so so let's we were talking about 
how you build a portfolio, you know, that in the, in the title of our presentation was risk managed portfolios. You know, building a portfolio that's had U.S. type historical stock market returns, but with significantly less volatility. And one of the ways you you do that, uh, Ethan, is you kind of diversify your stocks outside of just U.S. large stocks into all those other areas we talked about, international emerging markets, and then include small in value. Mm -hmm. By doing so, at least over the, we looked at, uh, if we look back to 1926 in the U.S. market, you'd see that small in value have outperformed U.S. large stocks. If we fast forward in time to where we have start to have more data on international series of, of returns, uh-huh. you find that that same propensity for small and value has worked outside of the U.S. market into the foreign markets. Right. Um, and so when you invest in those areas, you pick up some additional return. When you include something like an emerging markets, which as an investment asset class is risky, there are political risks, as we're seeing right now. You right? bet. Uh, that go along with that. And there tends to be a risk of them being more volatile in general. So they've afforded reasonably higher returns for the short, you know, I think 1988 is when the first emerging market indices started to track those those defined markets of Right, of less, sounds like. Yeah. Sounds right. So you pick up some premium uh, in all these different asset classes. Well, one of the approaches then is to say, well, um, there's been a pretty good reward, even though in the last 11 years we've gone through two tremendously difficult markets, Ethan, mm-hmm. where you had U.S. stocks from top to bottom, at least calculating on a daily basis, decline 50% or so. Yeah, that's right. Um, which is in the 5% of outcomes if we go back to the beginning of our U.S. publicly traded stock market. Um, to have those kind of declines, you're in the, you're in the 5%. 95% of the outcomes have been less volatile. Yeah, or better, um, or better, right? It, yeah, it's a good way of phrasing it. So you had you had some, you know, some some really uh, rare uh, returns here in terms of extremes. Mm-hmm. But even so, you could have designed some portfolios that did quite well in the last eleven years and managed through that volatility. Right. What I find amazing about this whole thing is that it didn't rely on, you know, the, the typical, you know, ammunition, i.e., stock picking or or market timing to do it. No, it did. That's what fo- makes me just stand up and pay attention because that's unbelievable to me. You, you get these types of. Re- that's r- that's right. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty amazing, right? All I did yeah. was buy, I bought a diversified basket of global stocks, in a, you know a proportion that I was comfortable with, and combined that with very high quality bonds, and you ended up getting very close to or, or beating in some cases the historical long term average of the S and P five hundred over the last ten years. You're a tiger. That's a sleeping tiger, ready right, right to roar here. Uh, yeah. That's amazing to me. And uh, it did it all without having to engage in, in activities that have a, a very bad expected outcome, i.e. stock picking and, and market timing. Tom Foolery, yeah. as it were. So you, you, you build a, a, a stock portfolio where you have a higher expected return, um, and stocks in general have offered inflation um, beating returns right I think one of the the best investment asset classes over a long period of time of beating inflation staying ahead of inflation which I cannot emphasize enough being a very important component uh, to your retirement plan or wealth you know if you're financially independent um, you know most of us don't go to work 
unless we're teachers, <laughs> and not get adjustments for inflation over time on our salaries, right? Right. It'd be a very difficult job if we started 40 years ago and never got an, an adjustment in compensation. Um, it'd be a hard time making it for most people. Right. Um, so you need to, to think about that in when you're building your portfolio as well. I'm going to need some pay raises along the way because mm-hmm. things are going to cost more. Right. And we ran through a little analysis of that. But stocks have done that. So you, you have your stock component very well diversified. And then you take what we're doing and you say, hey, we're going to find the very most diversified, cost-effective, efficient um, vehicles in the world to build as the building blocks for each of these stock asset classes that we we're, we're highlighting. And now what I'm going to do with that stock portfolio, that's going to give me my, going to give me the part that's going to keep me ahead of inflation. Mm-hmm. Very um, good at, at staying ahead of inflation. Uh, we're going to throw some interesting asset classes into that stock component as well, like commodities, a little bit of that. We're going to throw in some real estate, some REITs. We talked about that on a previous show. That's right. Go to the archives, check that out. <laughs> um, international, U.S. We're going to salt and pepper a little of that action in there. Right. And then what we're going to do is taper the volatility with the appropriate amount of fixed income. And so that then becomes our a, a big decision. How much volatility am I willing to tolerate? Well, one way of looking at that is if I've increased my expected return on my stock portfolio by having all these unique asset classes, many of which have had historically higher rates of return or premiums, mm-hmm over just the general U.S. stock market. We'll call that the S&P 500 as the general U.S. stock market. Okay. Uh, if we look at small value stocks in the U.S., they've had a premium of over 4% a year since 1926, right? It's a pretty good premium, which means if we were to invest in small value stocks, to keep this simple, Ethan, put your seatbelt on, brace yourself. It's buckled. Uh, follow me here. If we were to do that, and I'm not saying someone should, but again, this is in for illustrative purposes. Uh, and then how I could start to allocate bonds into my portfolio. And bonds, historically, look up on that big board. What did T- Treasury uh, bills have done about, what, 3.7% since 1926? Um, if I'm not, I mean, I had that lazy. Yeah, three point seven. Fifteen feet. It's small print, Ethan. Treasury bills. <laughs> I'm nailing it. Three point seven percent annually. <laughs> okay. Through two thousand and nine. And inflation was what about three on that? Yeah, three point zero. It looks like. To okay. Me. And even if you did long-term uh, government bonds, I think that got you up to what five point four. Correct. Five point okay. four. Five point four. So you start to mix in somewhere between long and these T bills, an intermediate to short-term kind of a bond portfolio, mm-hmm. you could start laying layering those in with your small value, right? At some point, you'd have the same return as the S&P 500, but you'd have less exposure to stocks as a whole. Does right. that make sense? So, I think so. If I, if I was getting uh, the S&P to a little under 10%, small value, I think, was somewhere around 146 Mm-hmm. Um, that means I got about a 4%, 4.5% return premium for being in small value. Small value, though, is riskier by itself than, than large, right? Mm-hmm. But I could start to put bonds in very conservative treasuries to reduce that volatility. And I could take that portfolio maybe down to 50% stocks now. Um, 
and wind up with a return that isn't that far off of the S&P 500 return. Okay. But now I've actually got significantly less risk because 50% of my portfolio was not exposed to stock market risk. So the risk or the, you know, the, the, the frequency that we would see small value go down um, isn't that much more than, than U.S. large. It tended to be more severe when it does go down, right. but not by enough to outweigh the fact that now I've got a portfolio with 50% bonds as an example. This is a, an, an interesting way of constructing portfolios through the lens of risk and return that most professional managers just don't get and don't do, and most individuals don't get. So let's skip over to the bond side. With that kind of context set, Ethan, mm-hmm. are you ready for this? I think I'm ready. All right. Well, you're going to have to hold tight, buddy. What? No, wait a second. Why? <laughs> we are running out of time, and and I don't want to get too crazy here. Oh, jeez. Before, um, you know, before we have to take a break. So why don't we why don't we stop with the idea that when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about how you should do the bond trust, how we believe you should do it, and how science says you should do it with what the smart money guys are saying you should do. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. Inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. 
Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, and we're back. That was a pretty quick break. Uh, we were just talking about, and in fact, going to get into the good stuff regarding our, our fixed income portfolios, how we're structuring those, and sort of compare and contrast what we're doing there with what the people at Smart Money Magazine suggest you should do. And uh, Ken, if you're ready to dive into this conversation, let's, let's do it. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Somehow I'm I knew you would be. ready, my man. <laughs> well, very uh, good. Well... Let's talk about it. So, getting your bonds right, you know, and, and if you are interested in the presentation that we're doing on this, yeah, give us a call. We'll 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 do a a, a webinar with you, one on one. That's mano y mano, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll be happy to kind of take you through this, give you the slides, and kind of run you through what we're doing here, how this all worked out, and it's worked. Um, Significant, very well in the last eleven years that, that we've been doing this. So, right. Yeah. In um, fact, uh, obviously, the last, as you mentioned earlier, the being book bookended by two bad markets here yeah. this last decade, and this is a strategy that really let you well do obviously way way better than just simply the S and P five hundred, which wasn't hard to beat, I guess, over that period of time. Um, but with the risk level, that was very appropriate, you know, for for people who are entering sort of the retirement phase of their lives. Definitely. And if I sound a little funny today, because I'm not feeling 100%. Oh. My voice, my throat feels a little funny. Uh, what happened? I'm not sure if you noticed that or not. I didn't. Uh, oh, okay. Well, maybe it's just me. Uh, no, I, I did, actually. I, I do notice a little bit. All right. So, anyway, sorry to hear about that. Yeah, that's okay. I'll take some of those emergencies. It's a good idea. Or, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> What's that other stuff that fizzles? Um. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Super Energy C or something. Simon, do you know? No, I don't. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Unimportant. All right. So the bonds. Let's get into this. Season. Let's do it. So what we're saying... So now you've you've built a portfolio that's got a pretty high expected return on the equity side. Um, now, there's a little magic in that. We'll we'll finish up on that and then get right into this bond, which is when you... Even though small and value and emerging markets are pretty aggressive asset classes, in most situations they tend to be not perfectly correlated to one another, meaning that they don't move in perfect tandem up and down with one another. Mm -hmm. In When you have a global crisis, they will. So in this last market downturn, that's what happened. We had a global crisis that was going to affect the global equity markets. Yeah, the, in terms of the global stuff, anything that happens globally affects all stocks basically equally, right? Yeah, that's how I look at that. So, yeah, and, and in normal times, that isn't exactly true, right? There are different economies around the world doing different things at different speeds and all that. So, therefore, they act a little more independently in, in normal times. But when 
Uh, there are events that affect the whole world. They, they affect basically all equities equally. You know, we had Ken French from, from Dartmouth on, and he talked about this, that diversification worked. What diversification does is it eliminates the non-market or the country-specific risk when you're diversifying or asset class-specific right. of any one of those that may collapse. Um, but uh, if you had a lot of boats out on, out on the bay, Ethan, mm-hmm. and a tidal wave came through, right? Having your, your treasure spread across multiple boats probably wouldn't help that much. Right. Because all of them are going to get hit with the tidal wave. And we had a tidal wave, a global tidal wave here. That's right. Um, and that's what happened. But in general, assuming that the waters were reasonably smooth, having your treasure spread across multiple boats gave you an opportunity if one of those boats sank for some boat-specific reason. Right. That's what you protected yourself from. And that risk comes up more often than not. And if we look historically, that's where the diversification has worked quite well. Mm-hmm. When any one country or component or segment of the stock market uh, isn't doing as well as others or is doing significantly poor. Right. And, you, and um, we're just talking about the, the, the risks among, among stocks. Yeah. And so obviously having money in bonds, for example, when you have a tidal wave, uh, it, it's not going to have the same effect on, on those assets right. relative to stock assets. Basically, your treasure is on planes. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even in subject to it's that. It's not risk. to risk. Not yeah. a risk. Exactly. It's it's being created in a completely different fashion, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be exposed to the same types of risk. Excellent point, Ethan. Once again, nice work. Uh, so, the bond component should be then an element that manages risk because bonds tend to be more conservative, um, and they do tend to give you a fixed amount of return. So, if I buy a bond whether it's a treasury bond or a junk bond, uh, typically if I hold that bond to maturity, right, mm-hmm. I will get the stated interest rate or the coupon rate, and I will get, if things go well, my principal back at the end. Right. I will get, I don't get unlimited upside, right? Exactly. My upside really is limited to what the what the interest rate is. And in between, when I buy the bond and when it matures, the value of that bond will go up and down dependent on a few different things. What happens to current interest rates and what happens to the credit quality of the bond I own. Mm-hmm. And the longer the maturity is, the issue is I buy, if I buy a 30-year bond, right, the greater the risk of my bond going up and down as a result of interest rate movements. Right. And the lower the quality of the bond, the greater the opportunity of me losing my principal or not being there as a result of a default of the issuer. Mm -hmm. So the quality of the bond and corporate bonds as an entire group tend to have a default risk or rate um, that's greater than that of U.S. Treasury bonds. Right. right? U.S. Treasury hasn't defaulted on their, their issues as of yet. Right. Yet... You can expect a certain percentage of corporate bonds, even if you're buying investment grade. Some small percentage of the investment grade corporate bonds will will default. And if you buy an entire group of high yield or junk bonds, that default rate is higher. Historically, it's been somewhere between a two to four percent rate of two per four, two to four percent of the bonds or the issuers in the, cor- the junk bond category default. They mm-hmm. go out of business and don't pay back all of their principal. Right. Maybe a partial, and in some cases, none. Right. You have to figure that out, though. You, you definitely want to be aware of that. So if you're buying um, a corporate bond fund that's low 
quality. You, you Even if you say, well, geez, I'll hold my corporate bonds to maturity, you have to calculate into there that there's some percentage of them that aren't going to survive or I'm not going to get all my payments back if I do this long enough or I own enough of these bonds. Mm-hmm. You need to reduce that, that yield that you're buying by that default rate. So my point was, though, Ethan, is there is a limited upside if, if that's how you're looking at your fixed income. So you want to make sure for that very limited upside that you're not taking risk that you're not going to get paid for. Yeah, in essence, what you're, I think what you're saying is you have a situation when you buy a bond that you, you really have a limited upside, i.e. the most you're, you expect to get or are going to get if things go well are is simply this the, the coupon yield, right? Coupon rate. Right. But potentially, depending on the quality of, of the, the issuer, you could lose all your money, right? That's right. If the, the, the bond goes default and you get zero back, well, you've lost all your money there, with, but you only bought it with the intention of, well, I'm only going to get X percent return on that thing because the yield is, is, is Y. But well, let's contra- contrast that with stocks where you really have unlimited upside and you also have unlimited downside. So That's suffice right. it to say that bonds typically are, are less risky in general. Right. You know? If you had 10 corporate bonds and they were yielding 10%, which the only way you're going to get that right now is you are buying junk bonds. Yeah, you can tell by the yield. <laughs> and one of those 10 goes defaults and winds up not paying you back. You basically, if the other nine did not default, and it, you say you bought 10-year bonds, mm-hmm. you would have a, a 0% return, right? Yeah, for that one bond, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. you lost, completely got wiped out on one bond. Uh, that's just an example of the credit risk that you face. Um, now... I was talking about interest rate risk. If we just focused on treasuries, and you, if you bought a uh, a thirty year treasury, so you wanted to go out that long, um, and interest rates shot up four percent all of a sudden, immediately in one day. Yeah, real quick though. I mean, uh, oh, no. on that. Okay. You know, people have been enticed to buy very long term bonds because short term yields are so low. Yeah. And people don't like getting low returns, so they're willing to stretch for extra yield a lot of times. Yeah, and I'm of the position that stretching for yield is not advantageous. And Ken, I think you're going to demonstrate why that might be. That's right. Uh, let's look at a couple of facts here. Then, if if that happened, your 30-year bond would drop about 43% in value overnight. Um, or if you had a three-year bond at Treasury, it would drop about 10 10% or so, between 10 and 11%. Wow. So significantly less for the same shift in interest rates, right? Well, so so you're saying just again to recap overnight. Overnight right. rates go up four uh, percent. They go from whatever they are now to up four percent higher overnight. Right. And the twenty year bond is that what you have there? Thirty. Wow, thirty year bond. Just to give you the extreme and example. What's, what's the number again on the drop? It would drop forty three percent overnight. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Now it's not likely that you're going to see a four percent move in one day. It's just to yet. illustrate the differences in volatility, exactly, or risk. Uh, that you're subject to on interest rate between the different maturities. Right. And historically, you know, you might say, well, that's not a bad deal because I'll hold the bond for 30 years. But historically, if we go back to, you know, all the way back in the 50s, um, in 1954 to 2010, 20-year Treasury notes, the return was about 2.5%, 2.51, where five-year Treasury notes actually did better, 2.59, between 1954 and the end of uh, 2010, a few months ago. 
but you had significantly more exposure to that interest rate risk. You saw your bonds going up and down a lot more, um, but you didn't get rewarded for that risk. So I, I, let's just jump over real quick to this this article because uh, we've got yeah uh, we've got to take a quick break. Then we'll jump to the article and we'll t- we'll go through these. All right, we'll be right back. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. And we're back. Sorry about that, Ken. It's okay, Ethan. (laughs) Uh, We're back to Empirical Investing Radio, and we're talking about getting your bonds done right. We've got about 
eight minutes here, Ethan, to wrap this up. All right. Um, so I was. What prompted all this is there's an article January of uh, January one January of 2011. Smart Money, and they have this a prescription for bonds. I'll just read a little bit of this, and then we'll go through their recommendations. Sounds good. As it says, how worried are people about the bond market? Sheila Baer, the government's top bank regulator, says there's a bit of a bond bubble now. The bond king himself, Bill Gross, manager of $900 billion PIMCO total return fund, says the 30-year bull market is, in bonds is likely over. And one Wall Street bond fund manager, after giving his outlook on the bond market recently, even confided, I'd rather be in the stock market. Wow. Nevertheless, bonds are still an investment that most experts say people should own. They create steady income and help diversify and balance portfolios. Fortunately, some analysts believe there are places in the $30 trillion, trillion dollar market that offer better prospects without sacrificing much of the perceived safety that makes bonds attractive to investors in the first place. You can't paint the whole bond market with a broad brush, says Wilmer Stilth. Stith manager of a $133 million MTB Intermediate Bond Fund. Okay, so <laughs> then they go on here, and we'll, we'll quickly go through these, Ethan. So one was the proposition that there's a, a, a potential bond bubble. Right. Uh, and then two, he just said, well, you know, there's still things that make them uh, safe, right, that makes attractive. Uh, you can do things without sacrificing much of the perceived safety that makes bonds attractive to investors in the first place. So what's the first thing they recommend on this list? High-yield junk bonds. <laughs> what? Am I st smoking something? Simon, <laughs> are you... Uh, are Did you, you make that you, up? Are, are you, you serious? piping smoke in here, dude? I can't believe that. Yeah. But so let's talk about that. Uh, these bonds as a group might no longer have double-digit returns like they did in 2009, but they still yield 8%. Since they remain somewhat risky, planners suggest going with a mutual fund that owns many of them to spread the risk around. And they go on to talk about the Buffalo High Yield Fund has returned an average of 75 uh, a year for the past five years. So let's talk about that really quick. Uh, the problem with high yield bonds, Ethan, is that they, have, they tend to have equity-type risk without equity long-term equity-type return. So it's exactly easy to right. take the last 10 years and compare it to the S&P, yeah. which is average less than 1%, right. and say, geez, I could have had high yield junk bonds and got 7.5% in the Buffalo Fund. Uh, do we have any Buffalo sounds? Uh, put that on the list. And the problem is, though, if you look at the Buffalo High Yield Fund, it dropped over 30% uh, from the end of October of 2007 to the bottom of the market in March, right? which was less than the general stock market. But that's equity-type risk. Certainly equity-type risk. did not recover or participate in, you know, in our global equity models that have done over 100-some percent from the bottom to recent. Right. Uh, so the problem with that is if you can create an equity portfolio that in the last 40 years, you know, something that's generated a return of around 15% a gross of any, any management costs or advisory fees, these are just passive portfolios that you could create right. by diversifying properly, why would you take the equity type risk to get something like 7 to 10%? Um, you wouldn't if you knew if you were accounting for all the different things that are involved in these things. Right. I don't recommend it at all. Um, and while diversifying is certainly a great idea, if you're going to have some high yield in the portfolio, um, 
I would never do more than five to ten percent of your bond portfolio into high yield bonds. And again, uh, again, being diversified, high yield, if you're going to do it anyway, certainly high yield diversification is better. Yeah. Next thing on the list is high yield municipal bond funds. Uh, these are basically the same idea. You're going after a higher yield because you're taking on credit risk. So they're the lower quality municipalities, state or city or counties, um, that have a high risk of defaulting on their bonds. Right. It's the same exact issue we just talked about with the high-yield bonds, although they do tend to default less than high-yield bonds, mm -hmm. which are somewhat less lower. Um, we do recommend using tax-free bonds when the tax-appropriate uh, situation, in tax-appropriate situations. We do that with our clients. Next is bonds issued by financial firms. With radical changes across the financial landscape, uh, Lesser-known brokers and financial firms will become powerhouses in the future. Um, so, well, we saw funds like the Schwab Yield Plus Fund lose, seven, what, 70% of its value? Something like One that. One of the issues is it was over-concentrated. Uh, the bonds they had were actually high-quality bonds, but it happened to be overexposed to one particular area of the market where liquidity dried up when we hit the crisis. Mm -hmm. A ridiculously bad idea that I can't believe that they would publish this after what we just went through that you should focus on one sector, regardless of whether it's financial or not. It's completely absurd and ridiculous to tell somebody they should be focusing on one particular sector when building their bond portfolio. I don't care what the yield is right now. <laughs> I, I'm as shocked as you are. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then the, <laughs> the last highlighted recommendation says longer-term <laughs> bonds. Oh, we just talked about that. Right? <laughs> I'm laughing out loud. That's crazy. A uh, bond's time frame is nearly as important as who issued it. Short-term rates are barely 1%, but rates are higher for debt with longer maturities. Goldman Sachs just recently issued a 50-year bond. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't sound effects, folks. Oh, We're really Jesus. laughing here. Hold on a second. That blows my mind. Uh, the type of volatility and risk inherent... <laughs> There it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some pros say owning debt that doesn't mature for seven years or more should give in investors some protection if short-term interest rates rise. Can we tell this? Get her out of here, Simon. Uh, the average holding in the top-ranked Loomis matures in more than nine years. Bad idea. Bad, 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 bad idea. I mean, you're taking on tons and tons of volatility risk there. I don't know who writes this stuff. This I can't is, believe it. This um, is surprising. So, yeah, do not want to do that for the reasons we just talked about. Uh, historically, it hasn't been a good trade-off of risk versus return to extend into longer-term bonds. If you're trying to get more return, your risk budget, as we like to call it, would be better spent uh, keeping your bonds very short, very high quality, and that was another recommendation in within the text of the story. They say, stay away from treasuries <laughs> because they uh, uh, they are high quality bonds, but they're really not offering a lot. So um, they there there was a recommendation in here. Well, that's not true. You have to realize that, or that's not a good idea. Let's put it that way. That bonds when we go through uh, a period of time where interest rates are now at Hovering around 40, 50 year lows, um, yeah, it's highly likely that we're not going to go below zero. And it's highly likely we'll have inflation and interest rate increases in the future. Um, you may be willing to take a smaller yield immediately, like today 
or over the next year or two because you're keeping the quality high and you're keeping the maturities five years or less is what I would recommend on average mm -hmm. when you build the portfolio. You may have bonds that are longer than five years in it, but the average, if you built a ladder and you averaged them out to calculate what's my average duration or average maturity, mm -hmm. around five to seven years would be as far as I would want to see that Right. Uh, for that risk-return trade-off. We've got to go, Ethan. Um, so we can talk about this more next week. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. Uh, talk to you later. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you next week. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.